Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Judgment Call podcast. As always, this is Miles Wilson. Hope you're having a great day, night, afternoon, whatever it may be for you when you're finally getting around to listening to this. And today, I can finally talk about March Madness. Last year, we were robbed from having a March Madness because of COVID. I never got to talk about it. We didn't even have a selection Sunday for it. This year, we finally get to have a March Madness. This will be my first year betting on March Madness. This will be my first year filling out a bracket in a way that isn't just randomly picking random upsets or favorites or just filling Michigan all the way through. This is going to be me actually taking my time out of my day to do a little bit of number crunch and do a little bit of research. I actually watched a fair amount of college basketball games this season. And that's strictly just because I had so much free time because of COVID that I was like, man, I might as well watch some of these mid-major schools and some of the schools that I just wouldn't watch years past, like UC Santa Barbara, like Ohio, like uh, Iona, Abilene Christian, some of those schools I just sat down and was like, man, I might as well. Like, why not? I have nothing better to do. It wasn't always fun. Sometimes those schools would beat their opponents by 50. It'd be like 100 or 40 something. And I'd just be like, well, that was a complete waste of time. But it's good to know for the sake of the tournament that I know a few of these teams' tendencies that other people might. I'm not saying that I have a one-up on anybody at all, because at the end of the day, this is completely random. No one is going to have a perfect bracket. Um, I don't plan on having a perfect bracket. I plan on filling my bracket out to be as entertaining as humanly possible, because at the end of the day, nobody cares. It's not going to be 100% correct. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to try, even though I will make it as entertaining as humanly possible. So, what I am going to do is split it up by region. Today, I'm going to do the Eastern region. Why am I doing the Eastern region? Because Michigan is the one C in the Eastern region. Go blue. Uh, but the days prior, I'm probably going to do the West tomorrow, Midwest, then the South. The only thing I know for sure is that I'm doing the South last. And that is because that's the only part that I haven't filled out. So I literally just drew a bracket on a piece of printer paper and started filling it out. I did the East first, then I did the Midwest. Then I did the West, and I'm still doing a little bit of research on the South and teams in the South. Um, but as far as that schedule, actually, I'm going to do the Midwest tomorrow or later tonight because I do like Illinois in this bracket. So just forewarning, if you hear me rustling paper around or flipping paper around, it is this loose bracket that I have just sitting on my desk, and I'm flipping it to look at my picks. But regardless, East, East today, I didn't want to sit here for two and a half hours telling you guys my entire bracket. Some people like that. I've been told that people like when I do my longer podcast, some of them I listen to are the ones that are over 30 minutes. I don't always feel like talking that long. I can because I'm very long winded and I just think a lot. And sometimes I just start rambling and a lot of it makes sense. Some of it doesn't. I don't care. I'm still going to talk, but still I'm going to get to this. And on Friday, I believe probably during the play-in games or before the play-in games, I'll give out my final four. That's how I do it. So Four regional games or four regional podcasts, then I'm going to do a final four podcast. Then I'm just going to have fun watching March Madness and I'll talk about what ends up going on. But let's go ahead and get into the round of 64 for the Eastern region. Uh, we're going to start off fairly simple. We're going to chalk all of the top four seeds. So Michigan, Bama, Texas, Florida State, move them on to the round of 32. I don't think any of these teams pose a threat if I had to choose one. It would be Florida State falling to UNC Greensboro 
That's only because of the amount of turnovers they had in their loss to Georgia Tech. I think they had 25, if I'm not mistaken, and 25 turnovers against any team. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you're playing the Looney Tune squad, you're going to lose the game with 25 turnovers. If they can replicate that, then congrats to UC Santa Barbara. They're going to move on to the round of 32. I don't think they will. So I'm going to go ahead and chalk that one. Now, let's get into the five versus the 12 seed. We have Colorado facing Georgetown. And this is going to be my first upset of my bracket. If I had a super annoying alarm to ring every time there was an upset, I would. I don't. So I won't. This Georgetown team is absolutely on fire. They're playing some of their best basketball at a great time heading into the tournament. Throughout the Big East tournament that they won, they knocked off Villanova. They knocked off Creighton. Well, that's being kind. They stomped Creighton's head in, and then they played Seton Hall and won. Uh, I certainly don't think they'll do Colorado the way that they did Creighton. I think it'll be a closer game, but the fact that the Hoyas have cut down on the turnovers have been fantastic on the glass. They have been, uh, you can say, lights out from three. They shot 42% over the stretch of games during the Big East tournament. Uh, 42% for three is absurd. Uh, Their defense has been improved, um, and I just don't believe that Colorado will be able to stop this Georgetown team. Uh, Next seed, I have the six-seed BYU versus the 11-seed, which is a playing game. It's Michigan State versus UCLA. I think that UCLA will beat Michigan State for two reasons, one valid, one not so valid. The not so valid one is that they're playing at Mackey Arena, and for some reason, Michigan State just doesn't play well there. They played Purdue there twice this season. They lost twice this season. Purdue is a four-seed, sure, but they're not a – like a fantastic team. They're good, but they're not fantastic. They just didn't play great ball there. I don't know if it's something about the court. Maybe it's just the Purdue schemes really well against Michigan State, but uh, I I just, I don't like that. Uh, Also, Michigan State fouls a lot and UCLA is a good free throw shooting team. They hit it at a decent clip. And also their Michigan State, even though that they're relatively hot, their wins over Ohio State, Illinois, and Michigan They were really, really bad shooting games from those three teams. I don't think either of those teams shot over 40%, which is truly awful. But um, I just don't think that they are going to replicate that against UCLA, who's a really good team from deep, uh, even though so are Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois. But I don't think it was anything special, especially when they played Michigan. Michigan was just missing wide open shots when we played them and lost by six. So UCLA is a great three-point shooting team. I think that would be their downfall. But if I'm going to be honest with you, no matter who wins this game, whether that's Michigan State or UCLA, I have another upset. Um, The two best teams that BYU played all year were Gonzaga three times, and they played USC. They lost both teams. They also lost to Boise State and Pepperdine. They have narrow wins over teams that I think that both Michigan State and UCLA would blow out. Um, I mean, like, I'm not saying that BYU is bad. They shoot well. They're not terrible defensively, but they're not great defensively either. I wouldn't even call them middle of the pack. They're below average. Um, they the fouls slow down the game, and that's exactly how Michigan State and UCLA like to play. And UCLA is kind of a handsy – or not UCLA, but BYU is kind of a handsy team. So if they start getting in foul trouble, I think that either team will take care of BYU. Next game is going to be UConn versus Maryland. 
I am going to take UConn, and that's mainly because of inconsistency. So being a Michigan fan, I watch a lot of Big Ten basketball. One of the teams that gave us trouble early on in the season was Maryland, and that's because Maryland has a tendency to get just red hot from three. Like there, we're talking about making every three that they put up contested, open, fading from half court. I don't care. It doesn't matter. They just have that tendency. But the thing is, they don't have an in-between where they can miss a couple, then hit a couple or hit some timely threes. They're either, hey, we're going to make every single three or we're going to be ice cold from three. And I cannot advance a team that's three-point dependent. A majority of Maryland shots, I think over 40% of Maryland shots are three-pointers. I cannot say that, oh, this team is going to win if they're inconsistent from deep. I'm That would be pretty much banking on Maryland having just one of those games where the light's out. I can't guarantee that, or I can't guarantee any outcome, but it's more likely that UConn has just a regular game than Maryland has a red-hot game. So I'm going to move UConn on to play Bama. And let's see, last game. Yep, look at my bracket. Yep, last game. So last game is LSU versus St. Bonaventure. I'm just going to call them the Bonnies because I'm probably going to mess that up. I'm going to call them St. Bono. Either way, um, I think that LSU, if they play at their tempo, they might blow them out. Like it might not even be close. Uh, LSU plays fast. They play hard. They shoot well. They can score multiple ways. They generate turnovers. They take care of the ball. It'll be up to be up to the Bonnies to slow the game down and make LSU work for clean looks or even make really tough contested shots, which is way easier said than done. So uh, I'm just going to advance LSU. I don't think I need to belabor on that uh, any longer. This should be in the bag for LSU. Now, round of 32. Start with the one seed again. We have Michigan versus LSU. And surprise, surprise, I'm going to take Michigan here, but I am hesitant. Uh, a lot of people are saying or a lot of people are assuming that this will be where Michigan's road ends. They think the LSU matches up very well with Michigan. And they think that this like this is it. This is going to be the first huge upset of a one seed, the first big team that we see fall. And I don't agree. And that's just because of how much Michigan I watch. Having no Isaiah Livers hurts. That's probably why a lot of people think that, uh, which is a valid point. Uh, but I don't think LSU has enough for me to assume that we'll lose here. It, it's hard to get us out of our game. We are, no matter how you play, we are going to play the way that we play. We're going to control the tempo. We're going to play great half court defense. And it, it really doesn't matter. It's like you have to play a fantastic brand, a perfect brand of basketball to get us out of our game. Well, do I think we'll blow them out? Absolutely not. If the spread happens to come out and they say that we might win by like nine, take LSU spread. It's not going to be a blowout of a game, but LSU doesn't have a threat to Hunter Dickinson. They just don't have a guy who you can just throw on HD and be like, yeah, you can, you can take them out the game. Uh, their bigs are short. I think they're what, six, eight, six, nine, maybe is their biggest big. They don't have anybody that's going to stop him from doing what he wants in the paint. Even if they decide to help off and bring help, we have plenty of shooters even without Isaiah Livers. Yeah, Brandon Johns isn't Isaiah Livers, but he's still hitting threes at about a 42% clip. Uh, Livers, granted, was hitting about 44%, but still, that's absolutely that's great for a guy. You just need to hit a couple of open threes. Um, even then, we play fantastic half-court defense. 
we're not going to let them leak in transition. We take care of the ball really well. I don't think either Watford or Days have enough to stop Hunter Dickinson on the glass either, let alone offensively. Um, I think maybe their mobility will cause Hunter Dickinson a few issues, but overall, we adjust extremely well. We're a great second half team coming out of the locker room. We adjust fairly well. Um, also, our half court defense is a lot to figure out in one game. And if you're not going to be able to beat us with your big men the same way that Iowa couldn't, um, you're going to have to beat us with your guard play. And I think with a healthy Eli Brooks and Mike Smith, it's going to be very hard to beat us with guard play. Uh, the two seed versus the seven seed. We've got Bama versus UConn. Uh, Bama should be on cruise control this game. I think they should blow out UConn. Uh, they've been on cruise control, honestly, since that loss to Arkansas. They've been blowing through the SEC. They are the hottest team in the SEC right now. They have the depth. They have the experience. They have good size. They do, they generate turnovers at a decent rate. They don't turn the ball over unnecessarily or foul unnecessarily. I think Bama's got this one in the bag. Move on to the next seed. We have three seed Texas versus 11 seed UCLA. This should be a curb stomping. Um, the Big 12 is just way more competitive than the Pac-12. So like some of UCLA's losses are teams that Texas would hang 100 on, like Wazoo, Stanford, San Diego State. Texas would absolutely blow through these teams and UCLA lost to them. Uh, it's cool that they decided to, you know, beat BYU in this world that I have right here. But this does set up a beautiful Sweet 16 matchup for Texas to play Alabama, which I would love to see. Um, next game, we have Florida State versus the 12 seed Georgetown. Uh, this is going to be another upset for me. I've got Georgetown advancing to play Michigan. Uh, and this is just because Florida State, that game against Georgia Tech showed me a lot about how they take care of the ball if the pressure is on them. The way that Georgetown has been playing, I don't think that they're going to turn down any pressure defensively. They're still going to be the same team from the Big East tournament. They're going to get into this game. They're going to frustrate Florida State. They're going to force them to make mistakes. And then if you're turning the ball over more than 16 times, which Florida State, let's see how many turnovers they average. Yeah, Florida State is averaging nearly 16 turnovers a game. So I, I just don't believe in Florida State, unfortunately, and I don't think that they advance past Georgetown. Uh, size also matters. Uh, <laughs> the size matches up the same, but I feel like that through and through Georgetown is just a much bigger team. They play at the same pace, but the Hoyas are much more controlled. Uh, and over the past three games, Florida State is going above and beyond their average turnover totals. They're averaging 19 turnovers. That's just not a winning recipe. I cannot bank on that team to win. Uh, next round, oof, flip my bracket over. Yeah, this one's tough. We have the one seed Wolverines versus the 12 seed Hoyas. In my opinion, this is a nightmare matchup for Michigan without Isaiah Livers. Cutis um, Wahab is a legit seven footer with a gigantic wingspan. So it's not going to be like when we play LSU. It's just not just going to be like, hey, let's just dump it down to Hunter Dickinson. Let him do what he wants on the block. Cutis Wahab takes that out of the game. Uh, it also creates opportunities for us to be able to hit open threes. The problem is Brandon Johns just is not Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers is capable of catching fire 
in big games. So what we would need in order to advance is a big game from Franz Wagner and a huge game from Sean D off the bench. Good news is with or without Isaiah Livers, we are locked in defensively and we also match up with them size wise. So even though like I like the matchup for Georgetown, like this isn't a game where they're just going to come in and get dominated. I also don't love that with like I don't love that we don't have livers. Uh, I f- like I feel like a lot of people who don't watch Michigan don't understand how much livers means to this team, but he is legitimately the heart and soul of this team. Even though like we have Big Ten freshman of the year and Hunter Dickinson, we have all these experienced guys like Mike Smith and Eli Brooks and Shawnee Brown that transferred over, and it's just like man, I we are really going to miss livers and. I just, I don't know, man. Like, but still, we're we're locked in. We're locked in. We're so locked in defensively. We're going to. They're not going to shoot forty-two percent from three against us. That is one thing that I can guarantee you. They're not going to shoot that. And if they do, it, they are going to be hitting some tough shots. The team that the teams that light us up from deep, deep hit really tough shots. Like Ohio State, Dwayne Washington killed us on tough shots. I just can't see Georgetown doing that. Blair and Wahab. Uh, Javon Blair, their guard, and Cutis Wahab are the only two starters that are highly efficient. Even though Javon Blair isn't technically a starter, he's their sixth man. He comes off the bench and plays 32 minutes. He's basically a starter. Uh, but everybody else on that team shoots below 40%. They shoot 40% of worse. So this team is already inefficient. They're going up against a defense that's going to force them to take tough shots, even though Hunter Dickinson won't be able to just score on Cutis Wahab it will neither will Cutis Wahab he's not just going to back down Hunter Dickinson and throw it over his head if Luca Garza can't do it neither will Cutis Wahab I think that is going to slow them down tremendously because he is their second leading scorer and their top leading scorer shoots 39 percent from the field so I'm I think their Cinderella story ends here if you can get hot you can get cold uh it's going to be Hard to stay hot against a defense that is this good. I'm going to advance Michigan to the Elite Eight. Um, so oof, this is going to be a good game. The two-seed Bama versus the three-seed Texas Longhorns. This could easily be the best game of the entire March Madness tournament. Uh, this is two high-powered offense that can score in multiple ways. Uh, they both pace the exact same. They're both extremely extremely quick uh like i can't even imagine how good this game would be they're both also both coming from conferences that have to play good offenses it's not like they're gonzaga where they're playing maybe a good team with a great paced offense like every now and then they're playing teams that have excellently paced offenses every week uh or every game that they play multiple times a week so i think that this game will be Excellent, but it's going to come down to the little things. It's going to come down to who's going to make their free throws, who's going to take care of the ball more, which team is going to stay out of foul trouble, and who's honestly going to play the better game. And when I look down at these numbers, when you really get it to it, it's like, okay, who's the cleaner team on paper? Who, when I watch this team, I think that, man, if someone's going to outpace the other, it's going to be this team. And I've got to lean towards Bama. Bama is the better free throw shooting team. Bama generates more turnovers per possession. They turn over the ball less. Uh, They are really good on the glass. Um, They also foul less. So I have got to take Bama 
in a shootout. This one might come down to the buzzer. And if Bama has the ball, I would take them to win it. And that gives us an incredible Elite Eight matchup with Michigan, the one seed, playing the two seed in Bama. And unfortunately, throughout this season, Michigan's kryptonite has been injury or high-powered offenses, such as Minnesota when Eli Brooks went out and Marcus Carr had that big game. EJ Liddell and Dwayne Washington both had big games on us the both times that they played us. And then Illini, the fighting Illini without Ayo DeSumo gave us fits. Um, if there is a team that will knock us off, it is this one. The only way that we can win this game and that I think we will win this game is if Isaiah Livers comes back versus Georgetown. Um, I don't think he serves us any good if he decides that he can play on his foot versus Bama. That's just that's a really slippery slope because he'd be coming off of what would that be? The Big Ten tournament would have been March 10th, I think, is the last game that we played. And then that, the last time that he would have played would have been maybe a month. He would have a month with no practice, not getting shots up, not getting any pressure on his foot. And it would be arguably the toughest game that we've played all year. Um, I think he would hurt more than he, than he would help if he didn't come back a game before. So I really can't see any situation where we beat Alabama. I think that uh, I think this would look a lot like the Illinois game. I honestly, without livers, I, I just I can't see it happen. Even though against that against Illinois, we shot. I think it was the worst three point percentage that we've had all season, or our worst shooting game that we've had all season. I can't see us replicating that. We are a, a very good three point shooting team, but. I, this Bama team is really good, man. I, 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 every time I watch this Bama team, I'm like, man, they are really just running guys off the court. Even when they lose, it's like th this team really had to work to outpace Bama. Uh, that's not what Michigan does. If it happens to be that Bama gets off to a really good start and we're forced to play their game, it's just not going to work. It's, it's just not going to happen that way. If they have a great first half and then they're coming out the gates, lighting us up from three or getting out in transition – it's just, it's, it's going to suck. Like it's we, like, we really might go out there and lose by double digits, but still, I'm a, I can't, I, I can't put Michigan ahead of them. I can't assume that we get livers back versus Georgetown miraculously. And then livers is going to be able to play against Bama. I'm going to take Bama to go to the final four. Give me Bama. It is very unlikely that there's a situation where Michigan wins. Bama's coming out the East, in my opinion. So there we go. The East bracket is done. I'm going to have the Midwest probably either later today or tomorrow. I still have to go over a few more numbers, but it's looking good that it will have it in the next 24 hours. Still, if you listen all the way through, if you agree or disagree with some of my picks, let me know. I appreciate each and every one of you. Again, this is Miles Wilson for the Judgment Call podcast. Appreciate y'all. I'm out.